one verse tonight, for a text verse anyway, and that is Romans chapter 8, verse 32. It seems as though without realizing it, maybe in the past years before, I've, I've tried to teach Bible studies to where people had something to go home and chew on and study for three weeks. I tried to put so much into it and thought I was doing a good thing. And don't get me wrong, the Lord will bless His Word. But, um, but there, there's just something to simplicity and, and going home with one point every night. This isn't the last time we're going to meet uh, unless the Lord comes back. If He tarries and keeps us here... We're going to keep meeting over and over, and, and we want to leave with something clear. And, uh, you know, it might be one thing that we learned, and we're helped to go home and be able to focus on that throughout the week. Um, encouragement is always on time, whether you're going through something rough or maybe even when everything seems to be going smooth. I don't think anyone minds encouragement. And and we we always need to be encouraged. Um, I remember when God first called me to preach, and I would go to Bible conferences. I would I would cling to the men who have been pastors a long time, and so I was sitting behind some. And a preacher got in the pulpit at the Bible conference, and he said, "God laid a message on my heart for you all about a week ago. I knew I was going to preach, and." And he just sent me to wear y'all out today. And, and I was sitting behind these two preachers I admired, and one turned to the other, and he said, I don't know about you, but I came to be encouraged. <laughs> we, we all like encouragement. Look at this verse, Romans 8.32. He that spared not his own son but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Do we sometimes have struggles or doubts that God's going to give us good things? that God's going to do things in our lives that's good, that God's going to work in our circumstances and bring about good. Do do we struggle with that? God knows if we do. And I tell you what, when we look in His Word, He has told us over and over in His Word that He gives good things to His children, that He does good things in our lives. He has taught us in His Word that He does good things. We have experienced as His children in our lives that, that He does good things. Yet, the doubt, the uncertainty can sometimes come up in different situations. But He encourages us over and over in the Scriptures in that He does good for us in in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 9 I'll start in verse 7 
It's Jesus says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? That's, that's a good comparison that, that helps you and I uh, to be convinced that God will give good things. If a person will give good things to another, then how much more will God give good things to someone else? That will strengthen our faith that God will give us good things. But when I think upon this subject, it is this verse that comes to so many Christians' minds when they think about God and how good He is, and how good He is to His children. But here in this verse, in Romans 8.32, the focus is not on an earthly father giving to his own son, but our heavenly Father giving His own Son. So the encouragement we're given here that God gives good things, let, let's break this down and look at this tonight. First of all, There's questions in the verse, so let me ask questions with my points. Who did not spare? It says here that He spared not. And we're talking about God the Father. And just looking right here, we see that God, He did not spare. The God of the universe did not hold back. And let me tell you something, it has to do with you and I that God did not hold back from something. He did not hold back when it came to God seeing our lost condition, our sinful condition that divided us from Him. He didn't dismiss it as nothing. He didn't ignore it. He did not have to be personally involved in our fall. God is freestanding. He's self-sufficient. He needs nothing. And He didn't have to do anything at all about it. He could have ignored the situation and, and it would have been okay. It was a drastic situation that God looked upon and it called for drastic measures in order for God to do something to make things right among fallen mankind. A drastic measure to meet the need is what it would take. So that leads to our next question. Who did God not spare? He that spared not His own Son. For this sinful fallen world that God could not accept in the condition that the world was in, that He did not need to do anything about. It was necessary that that if He were going to do something, it was going to be 
uh, a major situation. It was going to be something drastic. And it involved something very personal to God. It involved someone very personal to God. His own Son. He that spared not His own Son. Our Lord is God's very own. The Lord is God's possession. Jesus is His. His his private personal possession. God the Father has the greatest love for God the Son. It's It's a precious relationship in the Trinity. But He didn't spare His his most precious loved one to Him. He He didn't spare Him. He appointed His Son to something. He appointed His Son to a task. And that involved us. He appointed... His his most precious loved one to something that involved you and I. And it came at a cost to Almighty God. It came at a cost to God the Father in what He did. So what did God not spare His Son from? Well, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. That word delivered means to hand over. It means to yield to. God gave His Son over to suffer and to take our sins upon Him. He put our sins upon His own Son. He delivered Him up for us. You think of Abraham who withheld not his son when when God required it. And and he convinced God. God knew that he would give his own son to him upon his request to offer him as a sacrifice. Isaac was Abraham's precious possession. And he offered him up as a sacrifice to God. And God stopped it right before it happened. He knew he would. And God prepared His Son as a sacrifice for for every single one of us. Abraham showed God his loyalty to Him. Think about the loyalty that has been expressed by the God of this universe offering up His, His own dear Son. And He did that for you and I to meet a need for us. Surely, if God approved of Abraham's loyalty, we might become overwhelmed with the faithfulness of God, with the righteousness of God, with the love of God, that He would offer His Son to us. In the Messianic Psalm, the 22nd Psalm, and the first verse, it says, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me. Someone may try to do this with you sometime, or maybe they have. Someone tried to tell me that that Jesus sinned. And then I said, can you prove such a thing to me? And they went to this verse and read it and said, why did God forsake Jesus then? Was it not for sin? 
And I answered and I said, yes, it sure was for sin. It was for our sins that came upon him. Jesus became sin for us. God gave Jesus over so that our sins could be put upon Him. And so in this idea of why hast thou forsaken me, God can't look upon sin. So, so you might think and, and, and see within this that, that God would have to turn away while, while sin came upon His own Son. When He gave Him for us all. Jesus took our punishment, our suffering for sin. The bruises and the stripes, they, they were for us. We deserve those bruises. We deserve those stripes. He had no sin to warrant the wounds upon Himself as though he, they were personally due to Him. It was our iniquities He was bruised for. That, that God gave His Son to, to physically be tortured over. He was beaten and He was bloodied until He was no longer recognizable. People try to make movies and people become wowed by these movies about the, about the crucifixion and, and no one can take it to the place that the Bible gives you a picture of because Jesus couldn't be recognized by, by the punishment that... He took, and, and again, that was our punishment. God put His Son through the worst suffering imaginable. No one has ever suffered the way Jesus suffered when He did so in our place for us. No one's ever suffered like Jesus. The payment for sins from the very first person to the very last person that shall be the sins were all placed upon Him. Jesus paid for all sin. It was taken out by stripes on His back. The, the cat of nine tails that is said to have been used was something that would, that would take the flesh and rip it from the bone, take the flesh and, and rip it from the body. And, and you imagine the, the uh, immense bleeding that, that took place. It, it is... It's been said that, that his body was, was mutilated and his hands and his feet were pierced. As he was nailed to the cross, there was a thief on one side of him. There was a thief on the other. And, and here is the innocent Son of God. Between them, he claimed to be the Son of God. And, and so therefore, they, they took him to the cross and put him on the cross and they pierced his hands and feet. And they impaled his side. And the blood and the water flowed. He surely died. He surely lived a perfect life, which didn't deserve death. But in substitution for us, He took our place and He took our sins and He surely died on the cross. God's Son was given over to death. God directed the result of our sin to be placed on His Son. Jesus was not spared from taking our penalty for our sins. God handed Him over for us. We, we wouldn't do that. 
we wouldn't give our child for another's life. We, we wouldn't do it. If someone, if someone said, but my child could be forgiven forever, which can't happen, but if, but if someone said that, we still wouldn't do it. But my child could live forever if you would. We still wouldn't do it because we don't love like that. We don't love anyone that much. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God did not spare His Son. He had my sins. He had your sins. He had all sins come upon Him on the cross at Calvary. Jesus was not only appointed to take our sins, He was not only appointed to suffer for our sins, but, but Jesus arose from the grave after dying for our sins. And He defeated sin. He pleased the Father with His sacrifice and His substitute. God appointed the, this cup for Jesus, and Jesus willingly took it. And He gave up the ghost. He, he gave His life and suffered for every single one of us, for all of our sins. He beat sin, and He bought us out of sin, and has the right to accept anyone who will believe in Jesus Christ as their own Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins. He took our sins and He gave us His righteousness. That makes someone acceptable to go to heaven. And it's something that only God has, and it's something that only God can give. He gives His righteousness. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus we sing. Our destiny was hell. Now we're going to heaven because God did not spare His Son but delivered Him up for us all. God has given us this truth to dwell on. Jesus went to the cross a long time ago. You may have been saved on that glorious day of your life a long time ago, but God gives us this truth over and over to dwell on, over and over to be impacted by, over and over to be excited about, that we might always be mindful of this so that we can draw a conclusion from it. First of all, because salvation is glorious. Because, praise the Lord, we are saved if we've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But also, there's a specific conclusion for us to draw from this. And we know we're right in the conclusion because God gives us the conclusion to draw from this. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. Think on that. Meditate on that. And then, take this question from God. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? He gives us two things about Jesus here. He was delivered up for us all. God gave Him to be delivered up for us all. But also, there's something else too. 
Have you, have you believed by faith on the Lord Jesus Christ for Him to save you? That, that's what God gave His Son to do. And He gave Him something else. God through His Son also freely gives us all things. How did God pay the penalty to set us free from sin? We're a Christian and we're going to heaven. How and why? Because of His Son. Because of His Son, Jesus Christ. God does something else through our lives because of His Son, through His Son, by His Son, and that is He freely gives us all things. Let's say someone would give their child for someone else. If someone would give their child for someone else, I reckon they would give the toys away. I reckon they would give their kids' school supplies away. I guess I reckon they would give their clothes away if they were willing to give their life. If God gave His Son for us, which I, I say that word in a fulfilled condition, since God did. He did give His Son for us. For us. What else then might we be able to expect God to do for us through the rest of our lives on this earth? If our greatest need was to be set free from our sin debt, and Jesus took it, and Jesus suffered it, and He conquered it for the whole world, if He did that, what should we think that He will do about our everyday need upon this earth? While we're here, before He takes us home, do we think that God will abundantly supply forgiveness for everyone's sins, who comes to Him, do we think that, that God would do something for us to save the whole world and, and then abandon us in our time of need? When a struggle goes on a while, maybe, because it's God's timing and He's working in it and He's working in us through it. Do we think that He's going to abandon us? Do we think that He's going to do nothing for us sometimes? Is there an area of doubt that we could go to sometimes to think such a thing? If He was willing to offer up His own Son sacrificially in our place while we were yet sinners, now that He is our Father and we are His children... Is He going to deny us good things and help in time of need? We're His children. By looking to what He did about our sins, there's no way that we cannot conclude that, that God wants the very best for our lives. And, and He's able to supply the very best for our lives. He's smart enough to have planned the very best for our lives in spite of a sinful fallen world, in spite of the fact that things will come upon us. He wants the very best for us. He has taken an ultimate, precise, 
personal interest in all of our lives. God has given us His Son. He has given salvation to us by way of His Son. And we can trust Him for everything that we need. He's a very present help in trouble. He is our help. In a time of need, He is there. We can trust Him for everything that we need. He knows what we need before we ask Him. He had the ability to defeat all of our sins, letting the sin of the world take His life, so He has the ability to meet our need, uh, obviously. Meditate on the first part of that verse. And then when you get to this, you, you just can't argue with God. You, I mean, he, he knows what we have need of. He has the ability to meet our need. His love, it was love that had God appoint Jesus to the cross. It was love that had Jesus apply Himself to take that cup and to go to the cross for us. So there's no question that God loves us enough to meet our need. He absolutely does. We're not perfect, and we don't deserve for Him to meet our need. Oh, we've fallen short here and there. And, and it's true, we don't deserve for God to meet our need, but He doesn't operate that way. He didn't operate that way when He saw us in our sin and in need of a Savior. He saw us in our sin, and the penalty of sin was going to be death and separated from Him forever. And we did not deserve a saving. We did not deserve a Savior. We didn't deserve to be delivered. But God delivered up His Son anyway because of His grace. And His grace is sufficient for us today. His grace will have Him to meet our need and to take care of us in our time that, that we need Him. I didn't write the author of this down a long time ago, but I, I wrote a little quote down a while back. He who has done so much is certain to do much more. Doesn't that describe Him? Haven't you experienced that? He's done so much, and He's certain to do so much more. The verse before verse 32 says that God is for us. The verse after verse 32 says that He justifies us. The verse after that says that He intercedes for us. The verse after that and for those last five verses of this chapter says that He loves us and that nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 is a very encouraging chapter. Pick that chapter up and read it. Read it anytime. It's good anytime. Next time we doubt or wonder if God will meet our need or if we're getting impatient and we want to think that God is not meeting our need or we're thinking that God is not doing what He should do. Remember that God didn't ignore our sin crisis. He didn't ignore the greatest need that we had. 
but gave over His Son to suffer in our place, to meet that need. And then, I'm going to underline in my Bible this word, also. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? I say surely we are sharing the ultimate guarantee that God will, with Jesus, meet our need while we are here upon this earth. I always want to qualify and interject this. The meeting of, the meeting of our needs. It's not earned, but it is found in His will. It is, it is found... It, it is found down the path of, of where God wants us, and He is sure to meet our need. No one can cut off our streams when Jesus is the fountain. But, but let this be heard as we close, because we have talked about the fact that God spared not His own Son. He did not spare... His Son, but delivered Him up for us all to provide an eternal salvation for everyone. If there's anyone listening online here tonight who has not personally received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, know this, He, he will not spare you either. He didn't spare His own Son, but delivered Him up. And, and, and a Christian gathering, trying to be part of a Christian gathering is not going to do it. Attending church is not going to do it. Baptism surely doesn't do it. That takes, that takes a man, you know, that takes a person to baptize you, so we don't depend on man for it. It's not baptism. It's, it's, not, it's not being in, in the church. It's not having ordained family members or, or any other way than by the Son, who God spared not, but delivered Him up for us all. The only way that a person is spared from hell is by personally receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is something that happens by faith. There, there is nothing that can be orchestrated in this world, no matter how holy or ritualistic that, that it looks, that can do anything to make us right with God. It is only by faith. Only by faith in Jesus Christ. That is the only way to be spared. Some act as though, or they think in their mind that, that, that God doesn't have backbone enough to send someone hell that, to hell that will attend church, that will contribute in religious things. But, but look, He spared not His own Son. And He will spare not the one who tramples over the cross, who doesn't personally stop there and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God gave His Son... And He must be our very own Savior to enter into heaven. And that is something that happens between us and God. 
One of the things that scared me to death more than anything else when I was learning to work with teenagers was that they were looking for my approval, my nod, that they were going to heaven. And I wouldn't give that. Because it's not up to a man, it's not up to a man that teaches a class, it's not up to anything to do with us. People have been saved before, and the preacher knew nothing about it. That, that's the way it is, because God saves. Trust Him tonight if you haven't. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Think, think about what happened then. Think about what God had His Son to do for us to meet our need. And then trust Him every day of your life to meet those lesser needs. He met the greatest need, and for these lesser needs for the rest of our lives, He'll meet those. And He would have us to look at how He didn't, He spared not His own Son, but He delivered Him up for every single one of us. How shall not He then also with Him freely give us all things? Trust Him every day for everything that you need. Brother David Myrick, would you close our Bible study in a word of prayer? God bless you all this evening.